0: Free Your Children on 1460 AM Christian Radio. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and my mission here at Free Your Children is to share the truth in love about education. There is a battle raging for the souls of our nation's children, and I hope this ministry prepares you for battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, Ephesians 6, 10-11. Thank you to Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you live in the Middle Tennessee area and you have storage needs, contact safestoragetn.com, and they will take care of you. If you would like to sponsor Free Your Children, you can reach me at freeyourchildren at gmail.com. I can send you a sponsorship package if you're interested in continuing to support biblical education. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, email the Burrow Pulse, that's b o r o p u l s e.com, where I am a monthly contributor. Check out my new website, freeyourchildren.com, and see what we have going on there as well. I'm very excited about tonight's guest. We have Alex Newman with us tonight. Alex Newman is an award-winning international journalist, educator, author, speaker, investor, and consultant who seeks to glorify God in everything he does. In addition to serving as president of Liberty Sentinel Media, he has written for a wide array of publications in the U.S. and abroad. He currently serves as a contributor to the Epic Times, a correspondent for the Law Enforcement Intelligence Brief foreign correspondent and senior editor for the New American Magazine, a writer for WND, World Net Daily, an education writer for Freedom Project Media, a columnist for the Illinois Family Institute, and much more. He's written for numerous newspapers and magazines, such as the Gainesville Sun, Liberty Magazine, The Diplomat Magazine, Crisis Magazine, George Magazine, Swiss News Magazine, Charisma News, Salvo Magazine, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Sunshine State News, Campus Reform, Alachua County Today, and many more. Over his career as a journalist, he's interviewed current and former heads of state, members of Congress, royalty, and countless other fascinating people. His work has received numerous awards. He's been highlighted by Drudge, Breitbart, Fox News, CNN, the Washington Post, and many other outlets. He's been published in major newspapers across America, and his PR work has appeared in the New York Times, The Washington Post, Reuters, The Associated Press, and more. In addition, Alex has authored and co-authored several books, Crimes of the Educators, An Expose of Obama, a book exposing the deep state, a book exposing the world federalist government, and appeared on hundreds of TV shows, including leading shows on Fox, Newsmax, TBN, One American News, The Dove Network, The Christian Television Network, the Sunlight Broadcasting Network, and top news channels from Russia and Iran to Turkey and beyond. Across multiple platforms and with many tens of millions of views on his videos so far, he hosts and co-hosts a number of shows daily. Alex is on the Leadership Council of Freedom Force International and one of the premier liberty organizations in the world. He also serves as director for the organization Bear Witness Central He's a leadership fellow at the James Madison Institute and serves on advisory boards of Citizens for Free Speech. In 2019, Alex and a coalition of amazing high-profile Christian leaders formed Public School Exit. In addition, Alex serves on several advisory boards for education-focused organizations, including USPi, the Nehemiah Institute, Truth in Education, Samuel L. Blumenfeld Foundation for Literacy, And Alex is also a member of the American Enterprise Institute Conservative Education Reform Network. He has been an organizer and speaker at every Red Peel Expo. And Alex taught advanced economics to some of America's brightest high school seniors through Freedom Project Academy. Alex also has an education blog called the Newman Report. And before that, Alex was the top-performing field representative for the Leadership Institute. As a consultant, Alex has worked on a wide array of successful campaigns, ranging from political campaigns for Congress to marketing campaigns for nonprofit groups and international businesses. Alex speaks regularly at conferences on topics ranging from education and economics to climate and international affairs. He has a BS degree in journalism from the University of Florida, with an emphasis on economics and international relations, as well as an AA degree in foreign languages from Miami-Dade College. He also studied international relations at the Institute in France, and Alex has lived, studied, and worked in eight countries, U.S., Mexico, Brazil, Switzerland, France, South Africa, Spain, and Sweden. He speaks multiple languages fluently and more at varying degrees of proficiency. Being educated at some of the most elite international schools on the planet, Has given him access to extraordinary movers and shakers worldwide as a unique perspective on global affairs. Alex is or has been a weekly guest on top international shows, and altogether, Alex reaches millions of people each year with a message of faith, family, and freedom. He's happily married, has five children so far, and along with his family, he currently splits his time between various places, including Europe and the U.S. Welcome, Alex.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: That was just a brief overview of your extensive bio, which I'll have listed over on my Free Your Children page so people can find you and all the amazing work that you do. But I wanted one one of the many reasons that I wanted to have you on with us today. Of course, my show focuses all on education. And we recently had the opportunity to showcase a documentary that you appeared in called Truth and Lies in American Education. Could you tell our listeners what that documentary focuses on?
1: Well, it, it kind of goes through what is happening in the public schools. It does a very good job. It was produced by uh, the U.S. Parents Involved in Education, where I serve on the advisory board. And it just it does a really, really good job, it interviews a whole bunch of wonderful people like uh, Sam Sorbo and Ray Moore, kind of showing what is happening in the public school system, the involvement of the federal government, the deliberate dumbing down, the the reading crisis that we have in this country that, of course, is brought about through the quackery That is being used uh, for teaching reading in public schools, and unfortunately, even in many uh, private schools. So it's a very good overview of of what's happening in the American so-called education system.
0: Absolutely. It was a wonderful documentary. It really exposes what's going on, and, and I highly encourage our listeners, if you haven't seen Truth and Lies in American Education, to check that out. Alex, you speak extensively about school choice. Can you tell our listeners why you're so vocal in your opposition of school choice?
1: Well, you know, before I start on that, I, I do want to point out that, you know, I think a lot of the people who are supporting this are, are very well-meaning. Um, you know, I've got a lot of friends in legislatures that are working on bills to promote this stuff. So I, I don't think most of the people promoting this necessarily have nefarious motives. But uh, I think there are people who do have very nefarious motives. And Exhibit A, there would be UNESCO, which... uh not too long ago put out a report where they actually encouraged governments to start putting up uh, tax money for private schools and alternative forms of education and their specific reason is to be able to implement these uh, accountability systems within the private schools they want to be able to impose equity goals and testing and all these kinds of things so the real danger to kind of summarize it very briefly is that once uh, government money starts flowing to our home schools and our private schools. Uh, those homeschools and private schools are no longer really independent. And and even if the regulations don't seem overwhelming at first, um, the the fact that government will regulate what it funds is, um, it's, it's like a law of the universe. It right. always happens everywhere. Uh, and, and even as a kid, my dad constantly, you know, Dad, can I go do this? No, why not? Well, with federal aid comes federal control. You live in my house, you, I pay your <laughs> bills, and therefore, no. <laughs> right? That's right. Uh, and, and it's the same thing with uh, government funding for our homeschools. Um, hey, can we uh, buy this? No. Can we not take the test? No. All right. So we, we really, really need to be very weary of government uh, funding. And of course, there's the moral issue, too. You know, is it appropriate for me to send government agents to my neighbor's house to take his money so that I can educate mm-hmm. my kids? And I would submit to you that, uh, you know, when God said thou shalt not steal, he didn't say it was OK if you hired a guy with a funny costume to go take your neighbor's money and used it for a good cause, like educating your children. Uh, really educating children should be a responsibility of parents. And so there's a lot of reasons, but I think that's the the quick summary is that we're going to lose our freedom. We're going to lose our independence. And of course it's immoral.
0: Right. Absolutely. Well, another topic that I share, you've written extensively about this as well, and that is the history behind our educational system. Could you tell everyone why is that important to you? Why is it important for you to educate people on the compulsory, the history of the of compulsory education?
1: Well, I, I believe it's the most important issue that we are facing today. Uh, not just compulsory education, but government education, right? You know, if people if people look at. All of these different problems. And and there's the old cliche about a thousand hacking at the branches for every one that is hacking at the root. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, different people think of different things when they think of the root. But all of these issues that we're fighting today, you know, the radicalization of our young people, the gun control, the school shootings, the school suicides, the the perverted crazy sex stuff is happening. I mean, just yesterday was in the news that a six year old little girl was forced to do oral sex on a boy in a classroom while a teacher was there, while other students were filming but this is that. the kind of lunacy that's happening. Uh, we, you know, we've got abortions out of control. We've got the border wide open. We've got kids that don't know what bathroom to go into. We've got, um, you know, our economy is collapsing. Nobody knows how the government is supposed to operate. with $30 trillion in debt. You know, all these issues that are very significant, none of these crises would be happening, I don't believe, unless our people had been dumbed down and indoctrinated to the point where uh, this could be accepted. Right. And all of that goes right back to the public school system. So what I like to do in in exposing the history of the public school system is show that the system is, in fact, not broken. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is working perfectly if you understand why it was designed, why it was created. Mm -hmm. Um, Your your average American today has no understanding of the origins of public school it's just it's kind of like as american as apple pie it's always been here it's just not even something that you ask a question about it just is and it always has been Mm -hmm. but that's not true Uh, up until world war one most children were still not being educated by the government this is a new innovation And if you look at the individual, for example, the first guy who really seriously proposed government education, Robert Owen, was a communist. Uh, And he was such a communist. He so fervently believed in these idiotic ideas that he bought a big piece of land up in Indiana and started a commune. And, of course, it failed. And and he thought it failed because the government didn't educate the the, (laughs) the members of the commune. So he proposed government education. Now, Horace Mann picked up there. Now, Horace Mann was a guy who rejected the Bible, who rejected uh, the the foundational principles of our society. And he actually imported the Prussian system with its roots in Robert Owen's rantings to Massachusetts and then traveled the country like a, an evangelist preaching the good news of salvation by government schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a guy who wanted to equalize everyone using the schools, who wanted to get the Bible out of the schools. And then, of course, we come to John Dewey, the, the communist who just adored the Soviet Union, uh, whose chief difference of opinion with the Marxists was that he thought the communist utopia should come about through Uh, preparing children to be collectivists in school rather than armed revolution. But, uh, you know, the ends were were quite the same. So this is the history of the public school system. And and when you understand that it was created to dumb down, indoctrinate our future generations and fundamentally transform our system, really overthrow our system of government, of constitutional Republican self-government, then suddenly it all makes sense. And Mm -hmm. so I believe this is if not the most critical, and sometimes you talk to pastors, well, we just preach the gospel. We're just about the great commission here. You're going to tell me that you're losing four out of five of your young people, Mm -hmm. and you're going to somehow make disciples of all nations while you're losing four out of five of your young people. Sorry, but I don't believe it.
0: Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because not long ago, well, it was about a year ago now, I penned an article called The Elephant in the Room, and that is exactly what it focus on is the fact that the church has remained silent through the decades as we've just watched children falling away from the faith in droves. And, uh, you know, I saw Ken Ham. He just recently did a, a video that has been shared where he's calling out pastors, you know, are we are we going to start focusing on this from the pulpit? And, and why do you think it's so important? You just highlighted it because so many young people are falling away from the faith because of this very thing that we just discussed.
1: Yep. Uh, and, you know, the Nehemiah Institute, where I also serve on the uh, advisory board there, uh, the guy who runs that wonderful individual, Dan Smithwick, he has been studying worldview of churches and communities and even Christian schools for, for decades now. Mm-hmm. And his research indicates that we're losing more than 80 percent of our, our mm-hmm. young people, of, of our Christian children from good Christian homes who spend 12 years in a government indoctrination center. They're going to leave the face. They're going to leave right. the, the church. Uh, this is a a crisis of epic proportions. We've never seen anything like this in history. Right. Right. Um, our, our forefathers who landed. I was I was just a, a, like a week ago in uh, Virginia, and uh, we were celebrating the first landing there. And, and one of the things that the first settlers pledged was that they were going to raise up godly generations after us. Um, and of course, we are failing so miserably in that regard. We we may be the worst generation of Christians in all human history, where we're losing the overwhelming majority. Of our young people, and yet the pastors are too cowardly to speak yeah. out. The parents are too, you know, involved in their job or their, you know, sports or their beers or whatever right. to to actually pay attention to what's happening here. And this is catastrophic. I mean, we're we're talking about the the well being of our children who've been entrusted to us by God. Uh, we're gonna be held responsible for this, and we have got to take it seriously.
0: Absolutely. And why do you think? What's your perspective on why you think that pastors aren't focusing on this from the pulpit?
1: Well, I think more and more are, but I would say most of them still are not, which is unfortunate. And I think there's several things happening. One is ignorance. But at this point, you have no excuse to be ignorant. Right. Um You know, you know, Hosea 4, 6 is my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, pastors, if you're really going to be the under shepherd uh, under Jesus Christ, uh, you need to be protecting your flock from the wolves. Mm -hmm. You need to be equipping parents to properly disciple their children. And if you're not warning about the public school system and teaching what the Bible says about education, preaching the whole counsel of God, you're failing in your duty. So ignorance is not an excuse, but I do think ignorance is part of it. They just don't realize how bad it is. Another thing is cowardice. And, um, you know, I I hate to say that so bluntly, but a lot of these pastors are cowards. They're absolute cowards. They're scared that they're going to offend someone. They're scared that a couple of public school teachers in their congregation might stop tithing or even might leave. And that's pathetic. Do you serve people or do you serve God? Who who do you work for? Right. Um, So so none of these are acceptable excuses, but I, I do believe that's what's happening there's a combination of ignorance and cowardice that is contributing to this uh, absolute decimation of the church.
0: Absolutely. And I think that your perspective on education is much like mine. You believe that all of the issues that we see in our nation today, they all have a common denominator, and that's education. None of them are mutually exclusive from one another.
1: That's right. Um, You know, and and education kind of transcends all these issues, right? Uh, Right. All the political issues that we're dealing with, the spiritual crisis that we're dealing with, uh, education is right smack in the middle of it. And, you know, we even see the catastrophic consequences among those who still profess to be Christians, among those who are still sitting in the pews. Uh, The the studies being done show that less than one in 10 Christians today, self-proclaimed Christians, have a biblical worldview. Um, You know, this is, it's just, Difficult to overstate how bad this situation is. And it all goes back to the unbiblical idea where we decided to allow government to educate our children. There's no scriptural support for that. Uh, If we want to turn all of these issues around, whether it be in the church or the government or the culture, uh, it's going to have to start with the education and the discipling of children.
0: I agree 100%. Let's change gears for a moment here and talk about the globalization of education. What does that mean? And why should parents be concerned about this push to globalize education?
1: Well, the globalization of education is happening very rapidly, and it's not a new phenomenon, right? It actually, Mm -hmm. uh, even before UNESCO was officially established, the National Education Association was lobbying for a world school board or a planetary school board. Uh, So the push to have a kind of a one-world education system has been around for a long time. And if you really want to get technical about it, uh, you know, Go back to Genesis chapter 11 and the fools <laughs> building their big tower with the, you mm-hmm. know, their one world system. Uh, so it's, it's not new, this idea of centralizing. Um, right. It is wicked and unbiblical. You know, God is the one who divided us up into nations. But so UNESCO has been uh, working fiendishly for for over seven decades now to try to centralize control over education in its own hands, and uh, unfortunately, they've had many collaborators here in our country, uh, and they're not even in the closet anymore. I mean, Arnie Duncan was running around bragging about how UNESCO is his global partner in transforming kids around the world into green global citizens, and right. Um, so there is a long history here. You know, if if you look, uh, for example at the implementation of national testing systems. This is something that was really driven by UNESCO. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they they actually were bragging that when they first started pushing, there's really there only three countries in the world that had national testing systems for their education. Well, uh, they were bragging that by the time they had written that, which was uh, years ago now, uh, there were well over a hundred and that they were on their way to getting everybody onto a national testing system. You look at the, the world core curriculum that uh, Assistant Secretary General Robert Miller put out um, decades ago. That he wanted to be taught in every classroom in the world. You look at Bill Gates signing an international agreement with UNESCO on behalf of Microsoft to develop world standards and global curricula, global teacher training programs. So uh, this has been in the works for a very long time. Now they've come out of the closet with the sex ed standards too. UNESCO uh, back in 2018 put out global sex education standards that are so appalling I can't even tell you what they want to teach five year olds. It's so right,
0: gorgeous. yeah. It's so terrible. we
1: have um, we have uh, diabolical, evil individuals working to centralize control over education at the global level through UNESCO and other programs um, to to basically perfect planetary indoctrination, to prepare humanity for this diabolical global governing and economic system that they're trying to unleash on us as well. Right. And, um, you know, American homeschoolers are, are some of the last holdouts.
0: Absolutely. We're, we're like almost the last frontier of freedom, I think. Yep. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why they want their hands on us. They know that no and they have to find a way to, to get us too. you meet with lawmakers all over the nation, Alex. And, and I would venture to say, I mean, you've lived abroad extensively. And so why do you think that so many of our lawmakers don't understand this agenda?
1: Well, unfortunately, our lawmakers are a product of the same system that we're all dealing with. right? (laughs) Right. Uh, Most of them were educated in government indoctrination centers masquerading as schools. Uh, Mm -hmm. Most of them are paying attention to the same fake media that's been pumping out lies for decades. Um, And, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the constituents who do know better are not spending the time to educate their lawmakers. This is one of the things that frustrates me so much. People think like, oh, I'm going to go post on Facebook. And and suddenly, like, you've done your duty, right? No, it's much more than that. You need to call up your state representative. You need to call up your state senator get together with some friends and say, look, we need to have a talk. This is what's happening. And and we need you as our elected official to protect our rights, to protect our culture, to protect our civilization from this. So uh, unfortunately, as bad as our elected officials are, um, they are representing their constituents. They're right. a reflection of their constituents. When we look at Congress and we're horrified, um, why is Congress so bad? Well, we put them there, right? We exactly. vote uh, at, at least prior to 2020, you could say that with more right. But, uh, you know, we're the ones who, th- in theory at least, elected these people. And so if they are immoral, if they are wicked, if they are ignorant, um, you know, unfortunately they're a reflection of the constituents who sent them there. And so it, it's not, a, you know, there's, there's not going to be any silver bullet here Um, We really do have to educate the American people on these things before we can expect better representation in our legislatures and in Congress.
0: Absolutely. And, And what what would you what advice would you give parents that are listening to this this broadcast? What can they do? You you touched on educating your lawmakers. What else? What other advice would you give them?
1: Well, I can tell you what you can't do, uh, that is continue to send your precious children to the government to be weaponized mm-hmm. against you and against God and against our country and against our freedoms. Uh, that's what you can't do. And as I, well, I don't have enough money. Well, you know, you are going to pay a much higher price if you continue to subject your poor children to this abusive and monstrous system. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I always tell people it's like the building is on fire. You don't talk about whether you can afford to rescue them you rescue them and figure it out, right? Even if it means yeah. giving up your own life in the process, there's nothing that you shouldn't be willing to do for your children. And yeah. uh, fire actually is not an adequate analogy, of course, as I always say, because in the public schools, our children are being destroyed, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually and emotionally and in every other possible way, academically, right? They can't read, they can't do math. So thing number one is you must get your children out of the public schools. I cannot say it any more clearly. And that very much includes, you know, charter schools and uh, Mm -hmm. whatever latest scam the government has come up with to try to conceal what they're doing. Uh, Secondly, once your children are safe, once your children are getting a good godly education that's going to teach them how to think, that's going to give them good values, uh, then you uh, work outward from there. All right. My children are safe. My family, my home is good. What do we do next? Well, let's get together with uh, people in our community. Let's start educating opinion molders in our community. And, And I think that's one of the most effective ways to educate a community. You're not gonna be able to go door to door and educate every single family in your town. But what you can do is, you know, who, who shapes the opinions of the people in this community? Well, your local newspaper, your local talk radio hosts, your local politicians, your local uh, Republican Party chairman of your county or your district or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are the people that you want to reach out to and build relationships with. You know, if you're a political person, get involved with your, your local Republican Party. Um, get involved with a campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you can educate a candidate who, who, is, who has a possibility of winning and then help them win, they're going to call you when they don't right. know what to do. They're going to call you when they have questions. So get involved at the ground level and and find good people that you can help out. Um, you know, start events. You know, talk to pastors in your community. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, a lot of these pastors are ignorant and they have no excuse for being ignorant. But you can disabuse them of their ignorance. So get mm-hmm. together with uh, you know local people. And ask if you can have a chat with the pastor or, or have a meeting with the board of elders at, at the local church or local churches mm-hmm. and maybe get the pastors together. Like, hey, why don't we have a, a community seminar and, and share with the folks what the Bible says about education or whatever the case may be. So there's theoretically endless things that could be done, uh, but, you know, it starts with the, your own home. Just like with the ministry, just like with the, with the Great Commission, you know, that's yeah. the excuse so commonly heard from pastors. We're going to disciple the nations. Well, it begins in your own home. Your first ministry is to your family, then to your church, then to the nations in the world. Right. So uh, we've got to get the priorities right. And um, yeah, and I, I hope everybody listening to this will will get involved. Posting on Facebook, while it's nice and while it's important, is not a substitute for actual action.
0: Amen. Very wise words. You you have spoken about living abroad and seeing homeschooling in different countries. How have you seen school choice initiatives destroy homeschool and private school freedoms in your travels and, and, and in all the exposure that you've had to homeschooling in lots of different facets?
1: Well, it was most horrific in Sweden. We, mm-hmm. we actually had a front row seat to this, uh, literally. Right, because uh, I, I was there while it was happening and I was reporting on it as it was happening. So, um, back in the 1990s, the Swedish parliament, which you know, is very liberal, but uh, they have a broad cross section of parties, it's not like the United States, right? If your mm-hmm. political party gets four percent representation in the election, then you get four percent of the seat. So, they have a broad diversity, everything from you know actual commies to uh, you know, Christian, they have a Christian party there, which I think is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Um, there was very broad support for this in the 90s. They, and they used the same arguments that we're hearing today. Oh, school choice. It's going to be like a backpack where the money yes. just gets put in there and it follows mm-hmm. the child. And But it's the same exact stuff. It's going to bring in competition. and. Uh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. They were going through this big kind of um, decentralization phase. You know, Big government obviously wasn't working. They even had like fast food restaurants run by the government. It, it got really bad. They had an economic oh, wow. crisis. Mm-hmm. And so they decided, hey, we're going to scale back the taxes. We're going to introduce more competition. We're going to privatize a lot of stuff. Um, and in many ways, their privatization efforts were were very successful. They privatized way more than in many places of the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. We would buy our, our electricity from a private power company. It would be carried on private uh, power lines. Um, my wife's uh, pension fund, when she was working, she could, you know, not like Social Security, where they just steal the money and waste it on illegal wars and killing babies and then say, whoops, sorry, we need to raise your taxes again. Uh, right. My wife could actually choose where her, her retirement was going to be invested. So uh, in a lot of ways, it was very successful. But then it came to the education thing. They said, well, we got to break this monopoly government school system because only rich people can afford private schools, blue bitty blue Uh, And so they passed school choice, so-called, where the government said we'll basically pay money to send anyone who wants to go to a private school to a private school. And it wasn't a lot of requirements at first, right? And and virtually every private school took the money. Uh, There was one exception, the one where the aristocrats send their kids. They probably had uh, (laughs) a sense of what was coming. True story. Sweden has an aristocracy. And so all, all these private schools got hooked on the government money. And then in, uh, I believe it was uh, 2011, um, I, I had only moved there a few years earlier, the the government passed an Education Reform Act, they called it, and you know, pretty boring title. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically they said, well, all these private schools that are taking government money, you know, we got some of them teaching kids that like the Bible is real. And we got some of them, you know, making kids pray. Plus, there's those Muslims that we let in in huge numbers over the last few years. So we can't have that anymore got to have everybody learning from the government curriculum. And they said, so if you're a private school and you're taking public money, you must teach the government curriculum, mm-hmm. which, you know, was extreme even by American standard, you know, first graders are learning you know, gender stuff and craziness. So um so it, it was the total elimination of school choice under the guise of school choice. Uh, and for added measure, they went ahead and uh, followed Adolf Hitler's lead and banned homeschooling, criminalized homeschooling, mm-hmm. um, and started actually uh, tracking families down and kidnapping children. It was quite horrific. Um, actually, uh, the yeah. one of the worst cases I've ever seen in my life, uh, Dominic Johansson, a uh, homeschool child uh, didn't have government permission. Uh, the family decided that they were not going to send the child to government schools, so they were going to go to the mother's home country of India. Uh, the mom was from India. She was an Indian. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dad was Swedish. And uh, they were just going to continue their homeschooling there. Well, the government determined that that would not be acceptable. And so they actually um, sent armed agents onto this uh, Turkish Airlines airliner that was headed for um, Turkey. And then eventually they were going to go on to India and uh, kidnapped this child.
0: Oh, wow. And,
1: um, yeah, the, the child just recently turned 18. And, um, yeah, it was horrific. And, you know, never was returned to his parents.
0: Oh, that's terrible. And and, and, you know, that's one of the many reasons I've, I've heard that story that you have shared before about what you actually witnessed in Sweden. And I think that so many people in America, they just think that it can never happen here. And a lot of the new homeschool families, you know, homeschooling has exploded, as you are well aware, especially since, you know, COVID occurred. And so I think the statistics went from like 2 to 3% to 20% and growing currently is what we're seeing in the homeschool community. But a lot of these new homeschoolers, they've never known a time where homeschooling wasn't legal. So, you know, they're pretty, They I think they feel like they're immune to any kind of government overreach or, or you know, they think it's always been free. We're always going to be able to enjoy these freedoms, but I see with all of these school choice initiatives across the nation, the slow erosion of freedoms for homeschooling here in the United States. So it feels like we're going backward instead of forward.
1: Yep. That's, that's what's going on. Um, It's very unfortunate. A lot of the new homeschoolers who are being tempted in by the promises of government money, you know, they're, they're not Mm -hmm. coming at this from the same uh, principled perspective. Right. You know, they, they see something they don't like in the government schools and, you know, they just, it's um it's very unfortunate so we, we have a, a long battle ahead of us uh, the, the same thing that happened in Sweden will come here right uh, There are already they're already laying the legal groundwork to take us out uh people like uh Elizabeth Bartholet at the yep. child advocacy project at Harvard Law School mm-hmm. um already you know putting out law articles calling for a presumptive ban on all home education suggesting right. that homeschoolers are, are Nazis and child abusers and mm-hmm. uh, which is of course nothing could be further from the truth. But um, that's that's where they want to go. So, uh, folks, uh, be ready because uh, you're going to have to defend your freedoms through the political process.
0: Well, I certainly appreciate all the work that you're doing um, for all of us, Alex, and, and keeping us informed and abreast of everything that's going on and sharing your wisdom and knowledge. Tell our listeners where they can find you.
1: So my personal website is LibertySentinel.org. People can get our weekly newsletter there. It goes through Substack, so you can just put in your email and we'll send you one a week. I am Senior Editor at The New American Magazine. You can find us at TheNewAmerican.com. Uh, I serve as the Volunteer Executive Director for Public School Exit. It's a, a ministry to help families and churches um, rescue their children from government indoctrination, government schools. And uh, that's you know some of what I do. I've, I've got books. Those are available on my website, sentinel.org, DVDs, things like that. Um, that people can order. And um, yeah, I'm on Twitter and, and Facebook if people are on those. Things, and then Gab and Getter and Truth Social and all the rest of them. But uh, thank you so much. It's been an honor to be here. And thanks for all that you're doing as well.
0: Well, I appreciate it, Alex. And I will have every way that our listeners can find you linked over on my Free Your Children page when this interview airs. And if you haven't had a chance to, and, and you're not familiar with Alex and you're being introduced to him for the first time, I highly recommend that you get his books that you follow him and check out all the amazing resources that he has because he's doing great work and we appreciate all that he does. And I want to take the opportunity again tonight to thank Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs and you live in the Middle Tennessee area, if you're in Columbia, Hohenwald, or Mount Pleasant, reach out to safestoragetn.com and they will take care of your storage needs. And I would like to leave you with this. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 1 Peter 5.8 If you have not started reading the Bible together as a family, I encourage you to do so. Start that today. We need, as parents, to make sure that discipling our children is at the very top of our priority list. Get in the Word. We love you here at WXRQ, but remember, Jesus loves you so much more. Good night, and God bless we